You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Save a Pooch on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Beverly Isla. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I'd like to dedicate this show to all the dogs who unconditionally help us in ways that we may take for granted. And these dogs play a special role from being service dogs, therapy dogs, search and rescue, law enforcement. I mean, they really deserve stakes every day for doing what they do. Uh, and today, our guest represents the Planet Dog Foundation, who contributes so much so that dogs can be trained in the capacity to give back. And when we get back from these messages, Kristen Smith, the executive director for the organization, will talk to us about this field and how we can help keep it going and growing. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Active for Pets is a new wellness platform and app that helps pet parents save time and money on their vet bills. Stop paying for unnecessary vet treatments. Consult with a vet online. Get unlimited access to your pet's entire health history from any computer or smartphone with the Active for Pets app. Vaccinations, medications, test results, and more. Active 4 Pets gives you access to a team of expert vets for non-emergency care. Make an appointment before, during, or after office hours. Skip the waiting room and get a secure online vet consult on your schedule. Taking care of your pets is as easy as it gets with Active 4 Pets. Ready to try Active 4 Pets? Listeners get 40% off a one-year membership. To get this great offer, use promo code PETLIFE on the sign-up page of Active4Pets.com. That's A-C-T-I-V, the number 4, P-E-T-S dot com. Or call 888-512-2848. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Planet Dog Foundation's Executive Director, Kristen Smith, about the field of canine service programs and its benefits. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us, Kristen. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Planet Dog Foundation, I know they're known for its grant programs to help fund dog service organizations. Can you tell us more about the mission and where you hope to be in the future? I mean, it's amazing what you guys are doing. Well, thank you. We are very proud of the work we're able to do. Our mission is to support the many, many ways that dogs work in some capacity to help people in need. So, hmm. as you said, therapy dogs and guide dogs and assistance dogs, law enforcement dogs. And our goal is to continue to support that industry and all of those programs that are all in dire need of funding. And how many do you guys, do you guys support right now? Well, we have supported, over the years, we've given grants to about 70 organizations, totaling about $1.1 million. Yeah. Wow. Yes, absolutely. It's a big number, and we're extremely proud of it. And the way we're able to do that is through purchases of Planet Dog products. Okay, good to know. And it's kind of like, a, you guys have an online store? Is it a physical store? We have an online store, and our products are also carried in about 3,000 retailers around the U.S. And internationally. 
Okay. I didn't know that you guys expanded that large. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we have a whole wholesale division and uh, sell our products are available everywhere. Okay, great. Now, Kristen, are you the one reviewing the grant applications? I do the preliminary review and trim the number down to about 30 programs that then go to a committee of readers from throughout the Planet Dog Company and members of our board. And then they help us. That committee works together to select the final grantees. Okay. So, so, well, since it gets your eyeballs, what are the different services dogs can take part in and the effects it has? I mean, the common one, I think, are the dogs that help the blind. I think that's probably the one that most people see. Mm -hmm. Um, Yep. That's very common and and mm -hmm. seen everywhere. But there's there's also uh, ways that dogs help people that you can't see. People see someone perhaps in a wheelchair with a dog at their side and the dog is able to help open the door for the person, fetch something from the refrigerator or help transfer the laundry from the washing machine to the dryer, which are amazing things that these dogs do to help someone with a disability live a more independent life. But sometimes you don't realize that a person with a dog, they have a hearing disability and their hearing is very weak and the dog at their side is a hearing assistance dog. So when there's a siren coming down the street or when someone is at the door, or the smoke detector goes off in the home, the dog is trained to alert that person to get to safety. Gotcha. Okay, so they're just trained specifically in one area. And then, of course, there's dogs that are being trained for wilderness and uh, wildlife protection, for example, where the dog is trained to identify, say, the scat of a specific animal that is endangered in a particular habitat. And the researchers aren't necessarily able to find where the animal's moving through the habitat as human development is encroaching on where they may have normally been. And the dog helps them figure out where the species is moving and how to protect new habitats as the animals are forced to move. Wow. Or, actually, I heard uh, about endangered that plants, things like yeah, that. That's awesome. Dogs, you can just train them towards a specific scent in a, a million ways. And so people use that to detect whether an accelerant has been used in a fire. So they have arson detection dogs. And they're right. doing a lot of research with dogs' ability to detect cancer cells in different samples. So yes. they can train yeah. the dog to specifically know what a what an ovarian cancer cell may smell like. And the dog can help detect whether that's present in, say, a urine sample. It's just phenomenal what they're that's able to do. That's a fascinating area. Now, um, there was a recent festival I went to here, and I was surprised that um, there was a service dog just walking through the crowd with its owner, and I was shocked at how disciplined it was with all the, with all the noise and the crowd going through there. So I was really impressed with that. The training is extremely intense. Usually the dog, if the dog is trained by a solid and reputable organization, the dog will live for, you know, 14 to 18 months with a trainer. And that trainer might be a family, a volunteer family that helps do the initial training. Sometimes that dog will go into a prison and work with an inmate for that initial two-year training when they learn manners and a lot of basic skills, creating an amazingly well-trained dog that's socialized to a, a number of different stimuli. And then they go to the actual program and get months of intensified training towards their specific skills. So the dogs are generally trained for at least two full years before they're placed with the person. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's 
that would be stringent. Um, now that you, yes. <laughs> th- th- you mentioned the prisons, that's really interesting to me. And I noticed that you guys do fund those types of programs. Maybe you can comment on how that works, because a lot of people have been uh, wondering, like, how, how do these dogs rehabilitate inmates who, you know, would be... Sure. Uh, so we love programs like this because they have the ability to help transform the life of an inmate and help rehabilitate the inmate. So the prison program would select inmates with a nonviolent history who have been, you know, well-behaved throughout their time in the uh, system and uh, people that show a real interest in training the dog. And a trainer will come into the prison once or twice a week and teach skills to the inmates that are paired with the dog. Mm-hmm. The dogs will spend 24 hours a day with the inmates and learning these, all of these skills. And then over the weekend, they will also have a volunteer family that will come and take the dog off the grounds of the prison and oh. uh, bring them home and take them to the mall or to the airport and get them acclimated to all of the sights and sounds that they need to be alert and aware of outside of a prison setting as well. So the dog doesn't spend that whole time in the prison, oh gosh. but does have 24-hour-a-day accompaniment by trained trainers. And what they have found is the prisoners, the inmates that work with these dogs have dramatically better behavior. Those who are released afterwards have a one of the lowest recidivism rate of wow. any inmate at all. They're being trained, they're being given a skill that they can use upon their release, which they may not have had when they started, when they first went into prison or was were incarcerated. They may have not had a marketable skill, but they're learning to be a dog trainer. They're also learning that, life yeah. skills. They're learning patience. They're learning love. They're learning forgiveness. Yes, they're be, being mm. shown a source of unconditional love that they many of these inmates have never had before. Yeah, exactly. In the paper, I was reading about um, about this inmate in a prison, and he was taking care of a dog. But the kind of stuff that was behind this guy's belt was like there was murder, and he ended up learning how to love and then the dog passed away and he was it was just showing the guy just breaking down i was like wow <laughs> that's a real transformation yeah it's amazing i've actually gone and sat in on some training sessions in some of the prison programs that we fund and you see these you know supposedly hardened criminals and yeah. uh, tough guys and you know they just turn in like the rest of us you know they are just so moved and weakened into some respect in some respect by the love of a dog and you just see them crawling on the ground Aww. and giving them kisses and baby talking and doing what we all do with a dog that we love and you know they get incredibly attached to these dogs and have exactly. to again like all the foster families who raise these dogs have to give them back at 18 months or so which is um, just a incredible act of kindness for the people who do that. Who has to give them back? When they give them back to the program oh, they give for them back their the program. additional training okay. so that they can then be placed with a person in need. Gotcha. So it's very emotional. You spend 18 months with this from a puppy yeah, and you just you fall in love with this dog. And then at 18 months, you hand it over to become a service or assistance dog for someone. So it's a great emotional bond, but I think that the people realize that they're doing something incredibly special and selfless when they do it. Exactly. They turn them into super dogs and then (laughs) they have to say bye. Uh, You know, there's a couple other types of that program where we'll work with at-risk youth, you know, kids who are in the foster system or have been adjudicated in some way. And in those programs, sometimes they'll rescue the dog from a shelter 
and then use these kids to train the dogs to become therapy dogs. So mm-hmm. then you have three beneficiaries That's out of that new, program. Yeah. And again, in many cases, you help that adolescent learn a new way, learn a new skill, and again, get that exposure to love and unconditional support and patience that sometimes they don't get at their home life. That is a double benefit. I'm just wondering, because they are rescue dogs, these kids just, I don't know, maybe they're not patient enough. I'm just hoping like there's no incidents where the rescue dogs gets threatened, the kid gets threatened, and it turns out into a, a mess. That's all well, this is all under the supervision of adults and in two-hour chunks. These aren't cases where the dog lives with the children oh, they don't live with uh, full-time. Okay. No, this is, um, you know, these are sort of after-school programs for two hours at a time where the kids come in and work with the dogs and, and train them, and then the dogs stay with the program managers or whoever runs those programs. Gotcha. And they're always supervised. So the dogs are never at risk. But the benefit is the child, the kid can see, oh, this dog was, no- nobody wanted exactly, this dog. Exactly, yeah. This yeah. was a throwaway dog, and this dog could have been put down, but we are saving this dog, and the child learns that the dog can be rehabilitated. The dog can learn, the dog can change, mm-hmm. and the child sees that that's possible for themselves as well. It's very powerful. Double whammy rehabilitation. Yeah. <laughs> but before we go to a uh, break really quick, can you maybe give me a quick stats on what are the success rates with that kind of a program? Well, every program is different, but I think, the, and the, the way that different programs measure is very different, but um, That's true. the statistics yeah. I see from the programs that we fund is that, you know, 80 to 90% of the children who participate in these programs, and they can sometimes start at wow. fourth grade through high school, have better behaviors in school, attend, their attendance rates are better, their interpersonal relationships improve, and again, the, the number of kids who go out and are able to find a job increases dramatically as well. Wow. That needs to happen more. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, and let's they're wonderful to- programs. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll continue with these messages from our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hey everybody, this is Tim Link, the host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Got some exciting news for you here today. My audiobook is now available. Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail is now available in audiobook form through audible.com, amazon.com, and iTunes. It's a collection of 32 conversations I've had with the animals. It's a fun, interesting, heartfelt book that's suitable for all age groups. So everybody pick up a copy of the audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail. You'll be glad you did. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back to Save a Pooch. We are talking with Kristen from the organization, the Planet Dog Foundation, whose mission is to fund programs that train, place, and uh, support working dogs, helping people in need. Just before the uh, messages, we were talking about uh, youth in needs as well as rescue dogs. And you mentioned this year you guys have funded about 70, or is that just overall? That's overall, right? Overall, since 2006, it's been about 70 organizations. This year, we gave grants to 12 organizations of about $60,000. $60,000, oh, wow. And how do you decide who gets spring. funding? It's incredibly challenging and incredibly competitive. I came from a background of being a fundraiser and um, trying to raise money. And I thought moving into the realm of giving away money was going to be much easier. And it's extremely challenging because there are so many wonderful programs out there and we just aren't able to fund them all. And choosing who does and doesn't get the money every year is one of the hardest things I ever have to do. Yeah, that's tough. I would have wanted to be incredibly tough. What are the stipulations? Uh, we try to find, we try to look for programs that are pretty well established because our grant budget is fairly small. We try to make sure that every dollar that we give goes to a program that can use it to maximum effect. And so that's no part startups. of why we love those programs that have a <laughs> triple benefit where they rescue a dog and then use, you know, an at-risk team to train it before it then goes on to help a person in need. Those are the type of programs that we love because we're helping three populations with one grant. Uh, exactly. And it's mainly in the U.S. You guys don't venture on uh, the Canadian side. At this point, it's our formal grant program is based in the U.S. because of the tax implications and our tax. As a nonprofit, we have some bylaws and uh, IRS guidelines we need to follow. But we do support Assistance Dogs International, which is uh, okay. an international organization that helps with policy and best practices for assistance dog training programs all over the world. So we try to help at the international level because we do do business at the international level, but right. the funding is more generalized there. Gotcha. Okay. And now in regards to where that money comes from, tell us how the organization stands apart from the other grant programs. I know there's a lot, but I do know you guys do stand apart. So I'll let you <laughs> explain that. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, so there, I think what sets Planet Dog apart is that the commitment to philanthropy for Planet Dog is incredibly generous and totally absolute. I think there are a lot of companies out there that will donate a percentage of their profits, for example, 20% of profits or 10% of profits. But what Planet Dog has committed to doing is a percentage of sales. So it's a percentage of gross sales, not after, uh, not net. Uh, right. so they contribute 2% of every single sale of a Planet Dog product is given to the Planet Dog Foundation. And that happens regardless of how the year turned out. If we had a bad year, if there was uh, no profit in a particular year, you that 2% is still given to the foundation. And there's not any program, there's no company in the pet industry that gives us that, that level of commitment. And awesome. really, I don't think there's very many in the entire country that give before profits with such a, a commitment mm-hmm. that we have. So it's wonderful because we make a great product as well. We stand behind our products and we make wonderful, durable, great products for dogs. So by buying one of these wonderful, durable, guaranteed products, every customer is also a donor to exactly. these incredible positive programs that yes. are happening all over, all around us. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, if you guys are giving 2% of, like, the entire sales, and that will fluctuate year to year, 
does that affect the amount of grants you guys are going to give out or the number of organizations you guys are going to help? It does. It varies year to year depending on those factors. We also bring in additional funds through some events that we hold in Uh Portland, Maine, which is where we're based. So we have a few fundraisers every year to try to augment that grant budget. And we do have a few other programs where people can support the foundation beyond the purchase of products. We have a tribute program where people can donate money to the foundation and then tell a story about a dog that they love on our website. Okay. PlanetDogFoundation.org, right? Yeah, PlanetDogFoundation.org. And we are actually going to be launching a new website in about two weeks. So our current website is a little bit dated because we're hard at work on launching what will be a much nicer site soon. Yay, that'll be nice. Yeah, (laughs) it's always nice to do that because this one is a little bit old. But it will will look beautiful. It will still be PlanetDogFoundation.org. Okay. It'll be the same. Okay, good. And it'll just be easier to navigate. And and that tribute section that I was talking about is going to become much more uh, dynamic and vibrant, which is nice. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to have to stock your website in a couple of weeks. Now, yeah, I'll be sure to let you know. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I just wanted to uh, ask you, maybe you would have an advice for rescue organizations, maybe to expand their operations to help more people. Would you have any advice in terms of that? Well, I think that there are uh, there's always a very high demand for therapy dogs, dogs that will go into the hospitals or the schools or rehabilitation clinics. But you and know what, there Kristen, are a lot of people I have been um, calling some of these places to see if they would take rescue dogs as therapy. Surprisingly, some of them do say no to rescue dogs. I think many of the national certifying agencies, they don't necessarily need to know where the dog came from, but the dog oh, has to pass a gotcha. very a strict test and prove that they are well enough trained to go into some of these facilities. So rescue organizations can do some work in advance and identify dogs hmm. that might be successful in therapy dog work. I know some programs that do that and the adoption rates for those dogs is very high because there are so many people out there that want to do therapy dog work. So sometimes if a rescue organization can call out that this dog has a has a personality type that might be successful in that kind of work or even offer that kind of canine good citizen training through the program, they're helping to make sure that the dogs that they're adopting are going to a good place where the dog's talents can be used and uh, where the return rates might be much lower if they can uh, do some of that advanced training. Yeah, I love that. Huh, I have to look into uh, telling some of these organizations. That's awesome. And again, there are a number of programs out there that do work with shelters so that if a dog is brought into a shelter and shows a capacity right away to the Uh uh, trained shelter workers, this dog has a, for example, the hearing dogs, they need and look for dogs that are very high energy and high drive because right, you want right. a dog that's going to react to that stimulus in a way that a guide dog, you want to be very focused and very alert to the handler and not so much to all of the noise around it. Right. Uh, so a lot of these programs have very strong relationships with the shelters nearby and the shelters will say, hey, we got one in and we really think this dog has the skill set, you know, has the temperament you're looking for, for a hearing dog or for an assistance dog. And it's mm-hmm. great when the rescue organizations can partner with some other organizations and help get those dogs placed immediately without exactly. having to tie up room in a shelter. Yes, yes. 
Yay! <laughs> that is an Yay. option. It's a wonderful field. I have to say, it's incredibly heartwarming for me to be able to see just the phenomenal work that dogs are doing every day all around us. It is. Helping so many people, so many people whose lives are literally saved in some cases by a trained dog near them. And it just fits very well with Planet Dog and our love of dogs and our love of the lifestyle we all share with dogs and knowing that every one of our products has helped putting another dog to great use for someone who really needs it. That's good to know. Now I know where I'm going to shop. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, they're great products, too. It's not just the philanthropy, but they're really quality. Yes. I think we make a great product line. So I encourage you to check them out. Perfect. Well, we are out of time. Thank you so much, Kristen, uh, letting us know about I'd love Planet Dog on the Foundation. Show. Thank you. And it's planetdogfoundation.org. Not com or. Yes. Thank you so much. We are in Nampa. Yes, thank exactly. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Pleasure. And uh, thank you to our show producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. So if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for show, please do email me at beverly at petliferadio.com. So until next time, spread animal compassion. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.